If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this reminiscent episode of Mind Pump, we went down a little uh, memory lane. Yeah. Uh, well, we started Good out by, t- by talking about how caffeine affects sex drive, manipulating salt to change how you look, carb loading, preferred sources of carbohydrates. And then we went into the origin of when we created the MAPS Performance Program. Now, a lot of the OGs who've been with us for a long time know this, but for those of you who are newer, MAPS Performance is the first program that you know Adam, Justin, and myself wrote together. And it's really what set the stage for how we create these programs that many of you now enjoy. And it was a great episode. A lot of memories on how the things went together, why we created MAPS Performance the way we did, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun episode. Now maps performance is 50% off this month. So it's half off, but you do have to use the code green 50. That's G R E N 50. So there's no space. You get that at mindpumpmedia.com. So make sure you go check that out. Um, but you know, one, one last word about maps performance. It's very different. It's a different kind of program. If you're bored with your traditional, muscle building stuff, your your bench presses and your overhead presses and your rows and whatever. Mass performance is a totally different program. It'll give your body a completely different stimulus. And you know how the body responds when it gets something new. It changes, it builds muscle, it burns body fat. And of course, the program is designed to get you to move better, functional, functional strength, functional speed, agility, all those types of things. Again, 50% off. Use the code GREEN50. That's the number 50. Uh, mindpumpmedia.com and uh, here we go I feel sorry for you guys huh I'm starting to feel do good. you feel like do you feel like not quite 220 testosterone good no no I don't, I don't. <laughs> like I, you know it's crazy my libido's weird right now dude Maybe. my sleep is a little bit tiny off though so I, I haven't been having the best night's sleep right now well here you know what it could be the diet because the calories so are low th- this is what I think that's what low I think. calories will kill the that's libido exactly faster. what I think it is because this week is the first week where I'm staying yeah. like at 2500 calories and I haven't been consistently staying at 25 that I've been, might be it I've been at 32 3400 calories yeah. And I've been like, okay, this is my week of like dropping, mm-hmm. and so I've been down, and I, I, and you know what I've also been doing too, which probably isn't helping the cause, is I'm way overstimulated on caffeine because I'm needing it to fucking. Oh, that'll destroy your libido. Yeah, stimulants mm-hmm. will do that all the time. I remember the first when I started taking ephedra back in the day. I remember that. I remember I was with this. I had this girlfriend for a short period of time, and I took a bunch of rip fuel, and then uh, you know, you my, let that stop you, bro. I, well, let me finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I rem- saying, remember now. That, remember, I'm 18 years old at the time, so you could have, <laughs> you could have stabbed me in the penis and yeah, it wouldn't right? stop me. But I remember I was on hella rip fuel, and it just wasn't the same. I was all good. We still did it, but See, I remember afterwards crazy. I was like, yeah. what? "It's crazy that you you You're would even into it. you would put that together back then." I I had no clue of any of that back then. It just it was too. Like you said, at that age, you could stab me there and I'd be still fine. Where now I'm so sensitive to things that I can pick up on that. Like I can, I You're know. just more aware of your body. Yeah, right. I'm so super aware of them. Yeah. Like, and, and especially when everything else, like I'm eating clean, I'm training good. All, but I'm like, what is it right now where my libido, because my libido was just rocking like a week or two ago. And it's like the only, the two major differences that I notice right now is I'm in a, a caloric deficit. And for me, it's significantly low. I don't run 2,500 calories normally. 
And so, and I've been running it multiple days in mm-hmm. a row. And then on top of that, uh, I just haven't had the, the, you know, the oomph to go lift. And so I've been like slamming the caffeine down every day. Yeah. Yeah. So, you gotta be, you know, so here's what I've done with, caffeine. So I know I got to back off. Yes. Yeah, so this is like my, this is my expertise when it comes to, to managing supplements like that, because I've just played with it for so long. So what I do is I, I go higher caffeine every other day. And then on the days in between, I go low caffeine. Now, what does this mean? This means that my workouts on the lower caffeine days aren't as hard. So I do it. I, I make sure to take the higher doses on the days I'm doing my heavy, hard workouts. Mm. Yeah, you need it. And, and then on the lighter, easier days, then I just put my headphones on or we'll listen to music. And I'm definitely not as aggressive. So I'm focusing on squeezing and focusing on the form. And, and it helps because on the days I do take the higher caffeine, I feel it. I feel great. Right. If I go every day, it takes me a week before I start to feel like shit. One week, yeah. w- within a week, I yeah. start to get no effects from it. And then I start to get shitty workouts, actually. What starts happening is I start to get a little shaky. I'll get edgy. Do you get in a bad mood when the caffeine wears oh, off? Oh, totally. That's, and that, and I've known, I'm a little irritable, just a tiny bit, you know? Mm. So, and I mean, you probably, probably felt that just the other day. And so I, that, I caught that. Like, I was like, oh, that was weird. We had a meeting and I was kind of mm-hmm. irritable. It kind of it snapped at Katrina a little bit. There's, uh, I'm going to give, I have, you know, I have to say this because it actually may actually work. There's a, uh, the, one of the supplements that uh, Mike Matthews has on his company, what's called Legion, the sleep one. I can't remember the name of it. But in there is a compound that accelerates the your liver's ability to remove caffeine. And I can't remember the hmm. name. Maybe Doug can look up the, the sleep formula and I'll, I'll remember it. But I was reading his, uh, his ingredients. Interesting. And one of the ingredients I didn't recognize. So I did my research and that's what it does. Mm-hmm. And so I've tried it a couple times and it might. It might actually work. So I don't know because he gave us a bunch of stuff that one time. We oh, might yeah, have yeah, we the, have a ton of this stuff over we there. We might right have now. some in the back. Well, what I noticed that was the it, this has been I want to say like four or five days in a row of and like, you're drinking coffee on top of it. Yeah, no, I, that's staple, right? Like for a normal morning, is I have my cup of coffee on the way over here. So let's see, let's add it up. You have a, would you say what eight ounces of coffee? No, that's a big that's a big cup. Twelve ounces. Yeah. <laughs> so twelve ounces of coffee is. It's a uh, mini jug. Yeah, it's the 12 ounces of coffee is around 300 milligrams of caffeine. Then you have what? Later? Is it 300? I don't think it's that much. 12 a ounces? Of, yeah, no, it's not that much. I, I, it's I'm, more like 100. Like, it's just like a black no, cup of coffee? Yeah, eight ounces is like 50 milligrams. No. No, no, no. Just a regular cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah, it, so here, I'll look it up for you right here. So, oh, maybe you are right. I am right. Yeah, Thank look you. at that, 136. Thank you. I this know, is weird now. Hold on a second. more I know it's hard for you to do that. Rockstar we well, found. Yeah, so the, like, the Rockstar I drink after this is 240. Yeah. So that's what- That's and, pushing it. And you do that? Yeah. That's what I have been just those last four days. I know this. What, what's Nitro's up there too, though? Nitro's I, really high. I looked up at the, it was the Starbucks one. Um they actually had they they don't allow them to to put it in the um, the venti size. No, yeah, no. I kept trying to get them to no, do no, it for me. No, no, no. I'm right. Hold on a second. How would you say that that's the same size as a grande drip coffee from Starbucks? No, we just we just did the ounces. You just you committed me to twelve ounces and then telling you what I thought the so, okay. Were. So well, no, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure this out here because because I, I looked on another <laughs> site. But there's a site called this is a good little plug. Well, for give them. or take, it's not what it's not 100, it's, 150 milligrams is even if it was, it's not that's it's not probably crazy. closer to two hundred something. But anyway, Caffeine Informer, great website. You can find caffeine uh, content for hmm. pretty much anything. I always go there. So you have that plus addicts. plus the plus the, the rock star, and then on top of that, you do one or two scoops of the pre workout. No, 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 no. I'm not doing all those in the same day. Oh, okay. A day. So, but what I'll do because I've only had the rock star twice. Um, I've had that twice in this last week, 
And that was just simply because uh, it was accessible to me. I didn't have anything. I just pulled over to a gas station. I grabbed it real quick. Mm. And then I had it before I trained because I just needed something to get me up. Mm. And so I've done that twice. And then the other days, I've actually went and done our nitro. So I'm probably pushing four or 500 milligrams of caffeine a day, which is a lot for me. That's just, I don't, I don't normally do that. And so, and I can That's get not a, too bad, but no, 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 no. It's but not, for you, you're saying it's high. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and consistently like right yeah, for a whole yeah. week now I've done mm-hmm. that to mm-hmm. kind of to, and I'm also low calorie. And so I can feel the, the I can feel the little bit of irritability. Yeah. Uh, I can tell it's uh, my sleep is messed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tend to no do that dry. on, yeah. On the low calorie, like ramp up the stimulants. Like that, that, that was something that I was yeah guilty of and, and started to feel. So, but well, now, it's, t- it's tough or you have yeah. to ask yourself and I, and I, I play this game all the time with myself. Like, okay, you know, is it worth it? for me to do it because what it will do is was great, especially if you haven't had caffeine, like you're saying, which I'm good about. I'm really good about resetting yeah. myself. Then you so, have a great workout. Oh yeah. You take 240 milligrams and you're not used to taking more than a hundred. You're fucking flying, mm-hmm. you know, and like you could be dead asleep. And then all of a sudden that wakes me right up for a lift. Yeah. Like, so that is that I like to be able to have that and to make sure I don't allow myself mm-hmm. to get adapted the, to it. The ingredients called ruticarpine. I hope I'm uh, uh, pronouncing it right. Ruticarpine. It actually uh, help reduces the levels of caffeine in the body at a faster. Oh, interesting. At a faster rate. That's Which, what it's supposed to do. Now I did read some studies on it, and it, apparently it does work. You know, it's funny the the individual variants with how quickly your body metabolizes caffeine, and some of us just like you're saying 400, 500 for you is high and. You would probably want to be around three hundred a day, right? Something like that. Yeah. Well, that's that. Three hundred for me is really high a day. Right. So me, it's a, a cup to two cups of coffee is a is a nice like. Yeah. Justin probably has the most on a regular basis. Probably. Yeah. You do like what three four cups a day. Yeah. Because I watch you. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and you do like a hawk. But are you are you are you doing any pre workouts? I don't ever see. No, you. I don't do pre. I. And and to be honest, through this whole like competition, it's just been nitro or like uh, like cold brew, and so I've been really trying to stick with that, so I don't get any additional stuff. But occasionally, like I'll do like 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 you you've done with like a rock star or something if I'm like in a pinch, but I try really hard to just stick with like you know, so so I don't have any like added. Um, like I used to do, I used to do milk with it and I used to do like, you know, some kind of a sweetener or something like, and I just cut all that out. So mm. yeah, yesterday I was, are you drinking just straight black coffee in the morning? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yesterday yeah. I was starting to get hungry because my calories are starting to drop too. Yeah. And so I'm last night we go grocery shopping, uh, which is terrible. Oh, that's the worst to do when you're oh, hungry. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck, I want to eat everything. But luckily I, I did, you know what I bought? I ended up buying pickles, which by the way, Pickles made right, they're they're fermented, so you get some of the probiotics. And one pickle's like, so is it one gram of car? It's like nothing. It's a cucumber, basically. Yeah. Great food to eat when you're trying to eat something, and you don't want. Oh, that calories. was a, that's a staple in prep life for me. Is it really? Time. Oh, absolutely. Because and plus, because I'm sodium loading before I head into. Oh, and the salt helps a lot. Yeah, no. So I'm, I, it's I, and I also when I coach people, it's a I put it in their diet. It's like you need to have. I want you to have a pickle. It's a great natural way to increase sodium in someone's diet. It gives you a snack that's you know somewhat. So you're you're raising sodium leading up into what like the last two weeks or yeah. something. Yeah. So yeah, and that's a, so then when you cut it back down to normal, right. your body gets rid of water. Right. And Got that's and, and that's just it is I think I think where a lot of guys in the in the in girls in the competing world make a mistake is they just they kind of eat their diet you know, their prep diet the same the whole time or whatever. And then when they get to the last well, week. you do the same with water too, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and exactly. And I think that's the, the both sodium By and the water. By the way, those don't work unless you're shredded. 
Let's yeah. be clear here. I think people try to do that shit, oh, yeah. and they're yeah. just not lean. Yeah, it's like yeah, manipulate your water all you want. You got too much fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah you're not going to see shit. Yeah, but you if you have somebody who's uh, you know they're just eating like their normal meal prep. Which by the way, okay, so if you take somebody, and this is what I think a, a lot of prep people. So this is for all my prep people that are listening. If you go from yes, you eat out, you do whatever you want to do, and then you decide, okay, 16 weeks, I'm going to go do my bikini show or or whatever, and you get into the meal prep life. Well, right away, you just cut your sodium like in half because eat one eating out meal is like equivalent to like the most amount of salt you could pour on your fucking food in, in five mm-hmm. meals. So a lot of people don't realize that they are already high sodium consumers and then they go into a prep and then they do all these pre, uh, prepped meals that are actually pretty low sodium meals, you know, maybe some seasoning and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but pretty low. You know, they're eating whole whole natural foods for the most part if you have a solid diet. And so you automatically reduce your sodium. And then they get close to peak week, and then they start playing with sodium levels, and they reduce it even and lower. they end up losing their pump. They can't work out well. It, yeah, it, you don't feel good. Flat. That's not healthy. And, you know, and, and Lane, I remember when Lane, I remember reading a lot of the stuff that Lane would put out way back when, and, and, I, and I, I thought it was really good that because he doesn't sodium pull or doesn't mess with water at all, which I, I disagree with that. I, I think there there's some validity to... Uh, manipulating sodium and water. I just think that it's not worth the risk of doing it in an unhealthy way. So my theory and what I teach Melissa and every other client that I've ever coached for like a show is, you know, the leading weeks up to uh, peak week, we're, we're flooding the system with water and sodium. So I'm pushing water levels up high to where, you know, it's double what you would ever normally drink of water. It's like, this is not my normal amount of water. So I want your body and your system to get used to taking in that much water, doubling up your sodium. And then when we get into peak week, we pull it down to a very healthy, normal place where it's, and it's not abnormally low. You get, that the, you get like a rebound effect where then your body loses more water as a result? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It starts to, it starts to pull it out and you're still hydrated and healthy mm. you're still getting adequate water to help fill the muscle bellies up interesting and then the day before we do like a little sodium load right before the show mm. and you know it's just muscles fill out really good vascularity comes out and i it's, i mean it's worked very well for me i feel good about it because i the the knock that a lot of uh you know health nuts are uh, talk shit about competitors that do that is obviously because mm. not having sodium is not a good thing i've i've mm-hmm. seen coaches Tell clients to that's pull. an essential thing. Yeah, you die with, that. Yeah, yeah. and then on top of it, you're sweating doing cardio and working out. Yeah, not a good that's idea. That's a really bad combo. So, so, what's an average meal right now? Because the contest is almost over. What do, what do you guys like? For example, what you guys eat yesterday? Uh, so I'm at right now. I'm at 2,500 calories, but I'll I'll fill back in right before we we go and we mm. weigh and measure. So, what's an example of like your meals yesterday? Uh, so staple meals that I'm having right now, or maybe like, like, you know, no, like a week you, and a half out or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you the, the types of foods that I, I eat right now. So I, I definitely rotate my meats a lot. So I'm eating things. Uh, I get steak in pretty regularly, although I've reduced my steak intake in comparison to what it was before we were competing. I just was eating, I was eating a lot of red meat and I was, I was curious if that was doing anything with me hormonally. So I kind of peeled back on the red meat. So I'm having like a serving or so of red meat a day, uh, chicken thighs, um, fish. I get a lot of sushi in the diet. Um, as far as carbohydrates right now, my only sources of carbs other than vegetables and greens, right, is um, I'm getting white rice and sweet potato. So mm-hmm. those are my, and then fruit. I get uh, occasionally I'll have fruit 
uh, post-workout, I tend to have, uh, I have it in my smoothie that I've told you guys with Organifi where I'm adding the blueberries and a banana. I get a you know cup of blueberries and a full banana. So that's kind of my fruit in my diet. And then uh, the, the carbs are always rice and sweet potato and then chicken thighs, steak. Um, oh, I had ground turkey. I had the <clears throat> lean ground turkey, not extra mm-hmm. lean, but lean ground turkey. I, one of my favorite go-to dishes, uh, you know, I, I think people... Uh, they, they, I showed the tacos the other day in my Insta story. And so I'll make like uh, that night I had tacos. And then the next couple of days I use the ground turkey because I cook it in bulk or Katrina cooks it in bulk. And then I make um, like a taco salad. Mm-hmm. So I shred lettuce. I have the ground turkey with just the taco seasoning on it. And then I take like two taco shells, which is 120 calories and it's corn. And I craft crumple it up, and I and I you, you know, crumple it up, crumple it up, crumple, crush it. up. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. So I crush it up into like a, a taco salad, and that's fucking phenomenal, man. That sounds good. It's amazing, and it's super low cal. Salsa on it. Yeah, you just mm-hmm. sprinkle a little salsa over the top of it, and you've got this taco seasoning in the meat. So you get the good flavor from that. That you sounds got, amazing. You got lettuce and tacos. It's a it's oh, a it's a low calorie. I like it. Great, uh, great treat. Yeah, I like the white rice and the sweet potato for because it's easy to digest. I think that's why competitors use them so often is because they digest so easily. They typically low in in, in tolerances for people. Buckwheat is another one I've talked about this before. I don't know why I need need to try. I don't know why more people don't eat now. When when you say it digest, so here's here's why I like white rice. Um, White rice is so easy to digest and it it gets into your system quick. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Like I can, uh-huh. I can totally tell the difference. Like so, I can take, and I would do this when I was competing and, and training and, and my diet when I was super lean, right? And all this stuff that we're talking about, I think, you know, you touched on it with the sodium and water. Like it's it's so hard for the average person to see it unless you're really really lean to feel this difference and see it. But it's very very the, me taking in 100 grams of car, uh, carbs from sweet potato versus white rice. Like I can feel the difference in the glycemic index. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like you can tell. If I go and have a cup or two of white rice, you know, thirty minutes to an hour before a workout, I'm pfft, I'm Dude, filled out. This is the first time I can. Oh, it's totally, right. Yeah, yeah, explain that. It's, yeah, so the, I I went through like a process, and now I'm back to just eating meat. But um, where I was like experimenting with that and like adding a cup and then kind of ramping up a little bit more of like white rice, and then I got you know a little bit of. Uh, uh, like potato as well and so i've been experimenting with those too but like it was insane like what i could feel as far as um like like you said it's almost like an immediate kind of response like this this energy that i could pull from that being so restricted uh leading into that like i had never been that depleted um so it like was like so responsive and you notice a huge performance increase huge performance increase yeah. so it was that was shocking, and it was kind of fun to kind of experiment with that, and then, you know, obviously getting back to to more restrictive with it mm-hmm. here towards the end. But yeah, yeah, buckwheat has been is a, a very popular food that's consumed in Eastern Europe. They, so they eat it quite a bit. I wanted to ask you. So my my point of sharing the rice thing is, and then why I said that was because I was leading to ask you was, do you can is it fast like rice yeah. or is it more like sweet potato no. where it's just okay. no, it's more like rice. Oh, okay. So and what I'll buy is I'll buy this hot buckwheat cereal so it's slightly processed and what i mean by that is because if you buy buckwheat in bulk you'll see the little buckwheat balls and everything this one they remove the 
I don't know what it's called, the husk or whatever. And so it's kind of like cream of wheat. And so you pour this, you, you know, you boil the water, you pour it in there, you mix it and you cook it slowly. It's like grits. You ever cook grits? Yes. Okay. So it's just like cooking grits, except you're using buckwheat. And it's such an, I mean, I eat, I could eat 50, 60 grams of carbs from it. And I felt like I ate nothing, which I love with well-digested carbs. Like I'll eat it and I won't feel like, oh, you know, I ate a bunch of you know, starches or whatever. Very easy digestion, and it's one of my favorite sources of- Now, when you're comparing it heads up to like, because in, in the com- competitive world, like, you know, that staple meal is oatmeal. Like, that was like a, a staple thing sure. was oatmeal in the morning. I'd scoop my protein you know, inside of oatmeal's, it. Some- oatmeal's great, but oatmeal even, I if I push too much oatmeal, I'll notice a little bit of, a little bit of issue. Minor, a little bit of gas, maybe a little bit of bloating. I don't get that with buckwheat or rice. Like rice and buckwheat, I can eat a lot of yeah. and not have those issues. And it's just one of my – and people don't eat it that much uh, here in the States. But like I said, I, I know in Eastern Europe, they eat it quite a bit. And they'll make dishes while they'll they'll make it with chi- – you can make it very hearty. You can make it savory. So I know people who will put bacon in there and stuff like that. Or you can make it sweeter if you want. I eat it plain, just plain buckwheat, super easy, easy to digest. Sometimes I'll put a little butter and that's it. So I used to do that. Oatmeal was my staple. And what I've, I've also found out- Now, did you do the slow oatmeal or instant? No, not instant oatmeal. Oh, yeah. when you cook. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So I, you're still cut oats, right? Yeah. 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 So I would, uh, I would do my oatmeal, whey protein, a little bit of blueberries or something. That would be my first meal. And then I'd get another meal with a cup of rice or a cup and a half, depending on where I'm at body weight wise and stuff before. And then I'd get a lift in. And that amount of carbohydrates in me- Especially when I'm lean and I've and I've been depleted and then I refeed like that, man, you go into a workout and I haven't been able to do that in a while. Like so, I've been I've been trying to lean out and I've been eating eating more like eggs. So my my breakfast looks more ketogenic. Like it's because I I can't get enough protein in. I'm not eating enough meals mm-hmm. to have a meal that's a carb high carb and low protein meal. And that's what the that's that's the problem for me with the having oatmeal or something like that that's a high carb is I'm not getting enough protein. Mm. And so I have to have like a really high protein meal to start my day. So it puts me on pace to make sure I hit. Otherwise, I'm playing catch up all day and I'm going, oh, shit, I'm, it's one o'clock and I've had 30 or 40 grams of protein. Like I'm going to have a hard time getting there. Mm. And- you know, it's uh, you talk about eating breakfast. I heard uh, Jordan Peterson talk about, actually he wrote about this in his book on how when he, was wor- when he works with people with a lot of anxiety, one of the things he recommends that they do is first thing in the morning when they wake up, like as soon as they wake up, eat a high protein, high fat uh, breakfast because it regulates their hormones, their cortisol, their insulin, and it, you know, it lowers their rates of anxiety. And he says it's a very effective strategy. Well, since then, uh, Jessica, she does a lot of online coaching and she has a lot of the, the type of people that tend to seek her out are people who want to speed up their metabolism or people who have food intolerance issues or you know, people with issues like I talked about where they feel anxious or whatever. So she started recommending people do this. Like first thing in the morning, wake up and don't have caffeine, don't have anything, have a fat protein breakfast. And she's saying the results are phenomenal. Like these women are saying that their their anxiety is lower, they feel much better because, you know, when you wake up first thing in the morning, cortisol is high. That's supposed to happen because cortisol is that energy producing hormone. But for people with anxiety, it can get a little bit it can get a little too high or stay up too high. And so having that high fat, high protein breakfast first thing in the morning seems to help a lot of people. And it's backed up by, of course, a it's funny. clinical psychologist. It's funny because there's mm-hmm. things like this that I find myself that I go in and out of because I, I recognize the the health side of it, right? I recognize how clear I am. It's I'm more balanced. It satiates me. 
but then I also see the the lack of performance. Mm-hmm. So I notice the difference when, again, when I'm the the oatmeal or high carb type of breakfast mm-hmm. followed by another carb and, and balanced meal. You know, it really, really suits me well for, you know, performing well in my workouts. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of go in this back and forth of like what suits me. And so I try and I try and like predict like, okay, this is going to be a big lift day today. So this is the day that I'll allow carbohydrates in for the first meal or if it's just a normal day for me where it's just I, I'm not sure what time I'm going to lift if I'm going to lift at all and it's like I get a long work day it's like now I care more about being clear yeah. you it's know? interesting man like to, if I were to go back and in, in you know like, and then play a sport again and go through that whole process of training and going through camp and then like my nutrition would have been so different oh, yeah. and, and especially leading up into like a big game and being more depleted, uh, you know, leading in, t- you know, before the game and then like carb loading like properly would have made an um, like an, an insane difference. And I, I just never really like scheduled it out and like was disciplined with it like that. Like, oh, yeah. I remember the first time I tried to do it and I did it the wrong way. I had a, I had a, uh, what it was a judo tournament and I ate a bunch of pancakes and you know, syrup and shit. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you it's think carbs. more carbs, right? And yeah. I was fucking dragging ass. It's exactly what I used to do. Yeah, like waffles. Yeah, and- <laughs> it felt like shit. And I was like, but you know, you don't know that when you're young. You, know, no. you don't know that kind of yeah. stuff. It's the information you could use when you're when you're young. <laughs> yeah, carb loading <laughs> needs more spaghetti, yeah. right? Like, that's what they think, yeah. dude. So. so we have, we only have like a few days. How many days do we have left? Like five days before this fifty percent off master. You know, this maps performance of all the programs that we have. All the maps programs that we have, all the guides, everything that we've created, the one that is most special to me is maps performance because it's the first. It's our first baby. It's the first program we all created yeah. uh, together. It's the first one where we all. What ha- what house was that? Was that the uh, that koi was, fish? No, no, no this that is was in up Reno. In, that was up in Reno. Oh, Reno was this the, is our first time at the, at the suite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I remember it vividly. I, that's so crazy to me. I don't know why I keep thinking it was the house with the koi in it. So it was the the it was, koi was aesthetic. Yeah. That was aesthetic. That's when we created aesthetic. I think. Yeah. And so, then we did prime in Reno also. We did prime in Reno yeah, also. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that first, I'm trying to, I'm trying to recall that first trip right now, and I, I'm, it's blurry for me. Prime, I remember really well. Green, when we were in there, it was this one of those ones where we just never left the room, and we were, nope. yeah, we never left the room, and and I mean, we had some idea going into it as far as like what we're trying to accomplish. I yeah, think. did we have the? Do we have in mind what program we yeah, were writing? Yeah, yeah, just because as a follow up to anabolic, I was like, you know, it'd be great if we could do a little more functional style training and something that addresses like athletic performance and so i i thought it was just going to be pure athletic performance you know like that was that was going to be the goal like we're going to make like a sports program Mm -hmm. and uh you know we really stretched it even uh further to make it more uh accessible and have more broad appeal and so um you know that's where you guys really kind of like helped it evolve even further well one of my favorite things about our when we go off to create uh programs because this is the one of the okay it's special to me because it was the first program we all created together but it's also special to me because it set the formula and the precedent for how we create programs which now has become it's become our our it's become our, our ritual it's yeah. something that we now do, and it puts us right in that space because this is the first time we ever experienced that space. We we what we did was is remember this is back in the early days of Mind Pump, so all we had was Maps Atabolic at the time, and that was a program that you know Doug and I had put together, and 
you know, we all liked it and this and that. And then we said, okay, we want to create another program. And at that time, you know, there were we had some debate and discussion in terms of what direction we should go. One of our biggest criticisms at the time was the the type of workouts that CrossFit was promoting. Yeah. Where, you know, that's people right. were that's right. Yeah, people were just beating themselves up. You had a lot of boxes that were training people that's improperly. That's what that's what really sparked it, I feel yep. like, because yes. we came out with the episode that says yeah. why Mind Pump doesn't CrossFit. We ruffled a bunch of feathers and then it then and people it, are like, well, well, what's give us your an answer? answer? Yeah. yeah. Well, right. How would you do it? How would you train for this kind of performance? And so on the way and it, it created this ritual, but this is our first time ever experiencing it. That's why it was so beautiful is on the way up there, and this is what we do every time we create a program, as we're driving to the destination, because we always drive to our destination. We never fly anywhere. It's always somewhere we could drive. That you know, one to four hour drive, because that's typically how long it takes, that's when we start to figure out the direction right. where we're going to go. It's like the mind mapping of everything. Yeah, and so we're in the car, and, and you know, Justin had an idea of doing a purely athletic program. You know, I'm thinking, like, how can we you know, create something that would get someone – fit, like overall functional, that kind of stuff. You know, Adam and I were going back and forth. We're talking, you know, with, with Justin and something came to us in the car. And that was like, okay, cause here's the thing with athletic training. Athletic training is extremely specific. This yeah, was the problem. It's very specialized. Yeah. How are we going to train? You know, how are we going to create a program that's going to work for a football player? It's going to work for a tennis yep. player. That's going to work for a CrossFit athlete. That's going to work for the average person who just wants to get shredded and muscular, but also wants to be able to move. Yeah, what does that baseline look like? What's all those attributes that we need to extract and yes. kind of put together? Do you guys remember this? We were in the car, we were driving, and we're all going back and forth. And this was the first time I had fully, all of us, I think, had experienced that spark of imagination and creativity that we now know how to tap into whenever we want. This was the first time we really felt it. And we're driving, and I think I said something like, you know, the original... Uh, Olympic uh, athletes of ancient Greece and for a long time after the ideal athlete was someone that could do everything mm -hmm. it wasn't as democratized as it is now like today if you look at a shot put athlete and you look at a you know javelin thrower right. and, and then you, a sprinter they look so different right? right because you have tons of genetics that play a role like a shot putter was born to be a shot putter and then there's lots of training that goes into it but you know, I was thinking, you know, when you look at the ancient the sculptures of athletes of, of Greece that they were trying to model after these these athletes that did very well in all these events, like what did they look like? They mm -hmm. looked balanced. They were muscular. They were lean. They had the muscles that were functional were the ones that were developed. So they had amazing looking cores and mm -hmm. upper backs and shoulders and great looking you know arms that looked like they could function really well. And and then we came up with the idea of this this broad spectrum athletic performance of an ancient athlete and that's what directed us to creating math performance was what is an ancient athlete what was the ideal of those times which in those times it wasn't the best guy that could run and then the best guy that could throw a discus and the best guy that could wrestle it was the best mm -hmm. guy that could do all that right mm -hmm. and so it was this ideal that and then when we did is we deconstructed that like what are the what are the attributes that make someone a badass at everything mm-hmm then we were able to start putting the program together because before we designed the program, which we had to understand the direction. Which a lot of I think I think were the intentions of probably Glassman when he when he thought of CrossFit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think that was the intentions when they created the programming behind that, and the, you know, this adding gymnast type of moves and strongman right. type of lifts and athletic type of throws and all these things combined. I just think that they didn't do a great job of program. I think we all agree that it was yeah. just like, you know, yeah. the idea because they because they made 
all of it competitive for time. You took lifts, you know, that just have no business being done in this, you know, low and and no business for the average person. Does that mean like this, the Supreme athlete, there is definitely a 1% of the population that CrossFit is beautiful for. Mm -hmm. Like they have got, they're mechanically sound. They're super balanced. They can, they can push those limits of doing super high risky movements at high intensity with no rest and going to fatigue. As dangerous as it is, they still can perform it and do it. And what, what you well, mean, what, what, you're, what you're saying, Adam, is you know, for a very small percentage of people, when they get super exhausted, their form doesn't really break down. Right. That's what I mean. That's the biggest, that's the biggest knock. And I think that their pairing of, of exercises, like that's where I saw the biggest discrepancy of like, you know, exhausting the athletes and then having them do really high skilled lifts. Like Olympic lifts. Yeah. Olympic lifts that were, you know, sure. These are, these are amazing, amazing exercises, but they need that, the amount of detail and the amount of, you know, like uh, what what you need to incorporate to be able to, to pull this lift off needs so much attention on its own that let's let's program it in, sure, but let's give it its own focus. Yeah, Olymp- let- Olympic lifts are highly high. You have to have a tremendous amount of skill to do them, and if your skill breaks down, the form becomes or the exercise becomes dangerous. And so that was one of our critiques. So we had a bunch of these different types of critiques, but what we tried to do is create something that would 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 work on. <coughs> All the the most important foundational aspects and attributes of somebody who could perform at a high level in in any sport or do well at anything, and what we did is we broke it down because this is how this is how you want to program when you're writing a workout for people for someone. If you're a trainer, well, remember you rem- have to break it down this way. Well, remember too that we're we we knew and this is and this is where the experience comes in, right? Like and I, and I think I see this in the in the fitness space a lot is a lot of trainers they write programs or they create things that they would do or they would like to do and what mm-hmm. we realize is just like like I've trained thousands of people so have you guys and you know most people they want to look like the CrossFit guy and girl they want to look like them but and they, maybe they think they want to train like them or get to that point but. The bottom line is they just that they're years and years and years potentially away from ever moving like that if they ever can. You know, you get somebody who's thirty something years old who doesn't that has all these imbalances, and then you throw them in a CrossFit class, like mm-hmm. thinking that they, and then you just well, like, well, teach the, them these movements. And like, the irony is that the top athletes don't train that way. The top athletes, it is that is the irony. they train with their yeah. Olympic lifts, you know, coach. They train with that's the kind of we knew that too because we knew athletes that competed at very very high levels and. We have friends that own boxes who are actually quite successful and do a good jo- good job. Right. You know, but we we broke down what are these attributes? Like what do you need to be this type of an athlete? And then how do you train those attributes? And then how do you order the way you train those attributes? And so we broke it down that way. And like the first thing that we that we we understood was, you know, the the one physical attribute that tr- contributes to all of them, the base foundational physical attribute, the most important from a foundational level. Not that it's the most important, that's the only one you focus on, but in the sense that if you don't have this one, the other ones don't matter, yeah. is strength. Strength. You always have to have that. Yeah, strength is the ultimate cornerstone foundational physical pursuit because without good strength, you don't have agility. Your endurance matters for shit. Mm-hmm. You don't have you know decent mobility without strength. Actually, there is no mobility without well, strength. Well, it's the one adaptation that carries over into all of them. That's right. Right. That's right. I mean, you, you can you can be great at all these other adaptations, but th- a lot of those don't necessarily bleed into 
all of the other ones mm-hmm. where strength is the one that truly carries into all of them. If you get, you get stronger, yes. you'll be faster. If you get stronger, you'll have better mobility. If you, you know, be what I'm able saying? to like, express power and generate more force. Yeah. As long as you, yeah, you got to get strong and you got to be able to generate, mm-hmm. you know, more force. And so this is something that, yeah, that is the start. That is the start. And now let's move into okay. Well, how are we going to express the strength? And so we express it by you know, moving in, in a lot of different directions. I mean, that's life. Mm -hmm. Life is, you know, not straight ahead of us and behind us. That's not it. That's not the the complexity of what we're dealing with. We have, we're rotating constantly. We're, we're going side to side. We're, uh, we're, we're counting for a lot of things, um, that are unpredictable. So if I'm stepping somewhere that's uneven, like how do I respond to that? Mm -hmm. So all these types of things, uh, really matter, especially when we're trying to move better. Right. So the idea is this: like build. You you want to start when you're when you're trying to mold and shape someone to make them a badass, full spectrum like athlete that can move and do all these different things and look phenomenal too. Because we know that the market likes that as well. Okay, let's build this really good, strong foundation of strength. Now that you've got it, so once you do that, now we're oh shit, you're getting strong. Now, like what Justin's saying is okay. Can you use that strength in different directions? Because that's a, that's a that's a big problem as an athlete. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to move in different directions. Well, not even just as an athlete. Again, this is how we designed something that was speaking to the general population that would want to pursue that. Is most people lose that movement in that transverse right. plane? Yeah. You know, we just we move forward and backwards, and unless you're playing a sport as a as an adult. You know, we how often do you rotate? You know, you just don't. We don't. We stop these rotational movements that are so important to our overall joint health. Yeah, it's like building a, a car with a shit ton of horsepower, but your handling is absolutely terrible. It's not really. No, it's a great analogy. It's exactly what yeah. it's like. It's like drag racing, you know, versus like being able to like have an Indy car that has like can just turn and do everything on a dime and control that strength. And control. Yes, because lots of strength. Remember, your body's very your body. The way your body adapts is quite specific to how you train. And so if you don't train your your body's ability to express strength in different directions, your rate of injury actually is might even actually increase. You might even you might increase your strength by 30% in one direction. You try to apply strength to laterally in a sport or just running or whatever, and you might actually increase your risk of injury because you're so much stronger but you yeah. don't know how to express it. And so then we designed an entire phase around what we call, you know, reactive strength or the ability to move in different directions, and express this type of strength. By the way, the other thing that we, we we tried to do, I don't know if you guys remember this, is we looked at it and we said, okay, at the end of the program, this person should be able to have all these attributes. And so there's this order of operations. So at the end of it, hypothetically, if you are an athlete, you could train this system up to the day yep. of your competition. And then for the I average love, person. I love that we figured that into the equation because as an athlete I would love I wanted to have a program that I knew I could time out right I could well, time it out season. and lead it into the season yeah. exactly yeah, 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 and yeah. so that's 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 you know sort of the next progression for that so this is actually a program we did four phases that's the, is it the only I think one it's that the has only four one. I think it is I mean uh, maps anabolic has pre-phase but that really doesn't count unless you're you mm-hmm. know just starting off it's four phases long. It's a long program. Right. You know, it's it's got a, a, a decent amount of time within the program. So, so now after we sort of express our strength and we're moving in different directions and we're, we're able to stabilize our joints properly and move more effectively, 
let's add a little more explosiveness force and expressiveness yeah. and let's 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 get after it a little bit um and and this is one of those things too that I think is another misconception that people think of power they think of loading you know loading and jumping at the same time and loading weights with that whereas you know what we're trying to do is to be able to to generate this intrinsically and be able to explode on yes. a dime without we don't necessarily need a lot of uh, no. weights in this phase no explosive strength or explosivity is the ability to generate your max force in the shortest period of time that's all it is so you could have somebody who is able to generate you know 300 pounds of force but it takes them, you know, three seconds to do it. And you could have someone else that can generate 250 pounds of force, but it takes them a half a second to do it. Uh, you know, the who's going to be more explosive? Yeah. Who's going to get there first? The, the the person who can express it fast. Now, how did? What are the benefits of this for the average person? Well, uh, besides the fact that training this ability actually encourages or allows your body to call upon more muscle fibers, which is a good thing aesthetically. Mm. If you can call more muscle fibers to turn on faster, mm -hmm. then your regular workouts are going to produce better results. You're going to build more muscle. You're going to look better. But besides all that, well, why is that important? Well, uh, you know, life happens. Shit happens you're not expecting. Having this explosive ability reduces your risk of injury when yeah. something falls off the counter and you got to move real quick to grab it. Your kid's in the swing. Let's They're going to fly out the swing or whatever. What's the most likely scenario? Yeah, it's it's moving super fast like we, we, and it's outside of the norm for you, right? And, so and that's how people hurt themselves. They hurt themselves. And that's, that's, that, that's a very common thing that happens. And that benefits everybody because your ability to do that. Think about it this way. If you're 30 or older, uh, you, you've probably lost a lot of that ability. You know, mm -hmm. Remember when you were 17 years old and you could just jump off the couch and jump on? You could retrain that. The reason why, Part of the reason why you lost it, I mean, of course, as you get older, you'll naturally lose some of that. But the larger reason why you lost it is you stopped training it. You yeah. stopped doing that kind of stuff. And you can retrain your body to do that. Now, imagine how you felt when you were 17 years old and you had that ability. Mm -hmm. That's how you're going to feel once you train that as as an adult, and that's what that whole phase is all about. So you go from the the the, the foundational grinding strength to the reactive strength, be able to express it in different directions to the explosive strength, and then at the end, you know, as we're sitting there, we're we're putting this program together. We're like, well, now we got to give people a bigger gas tank. That's it. Because you know, it's great to have all these attributes, but it's not that great if it lasts. Right. 10 seconds. If your competitor is <laughs> still going and you're just dogging it. Yeah. Which is how you would lead up to a, a competition or lead into a season, too. It's like, you know, what do you do? What does every sport do? What does a coach do the first week he gets to yeah. you get to camp? Just blast you. All you do is run. Run, 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 run. Sprint, sprint, No sprint. skill training whatsoever. It's no. just endurance, endurance, endurance to build your gas tank up. Mm -hmm. And so it just made sense that that would be the last phase that you would do. And now you've got all this strength, you have all this functionality, and now you are, and you've learned how to express it. Now let's see how long you can express all that's that. That's it. That's right? it. So that last phase is the one that's, you know, where you're going to be sweating, you're tired, you're, you're burning a lot of calories, you're building that strength endurance. Yeah. But the thing about MAPS performance, the, that's, I believe to be incredibly underrated, but I also believe it to be the most important part and the most beautiful part of the program and the part that I actually had the most fun doing with you guys was coming up with the mobility, mobility sessions. Mobility sessions, yeah. The mobility sessions were 
they're very different. Well, this is what makes this program so sweet and unique and different. Than completely. Because I, I don't know anybody else that's incorporated that and built it within yeah, the program. in the program. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. You have to go through these mobility days where, and, and two, like what's so great about it is like we, we obviously understood there's a formula to MAPS anabolic. We, we understood what mm. worked really well with that and why, and like the recovery of, of trigger sessions, but also sending that signal and being very specific, you know, to the muscle, you know, building mm-hmm. a signal with that. And so like, how can we sort of duplicate that? The, the priority with this is movement, right? Mm-hmm. And it's better quality movement and it's reinforcing the joints and while we're expressing, you know, ourselves in all these different directions. So let's really, you know, hone that in on the recovery day and make it all about, you know, the mobility. Yes. And now my favorite thing about my other favorite thing about this program is when we put it out, we knew it would be very different. Like if, if you, if you enrolled in like maps anabolic and you have some gym experience, you're going to know every exercise in there. You're going to recognize pretty much everything that's in there. There's nothing crazy or different or, you know, it's traditional exercise. It's, it's programmed well, and it gives people great results. But it's not going to be way outside of your, you know, comfort well, zone. Well, no, or- it's the, it's it's what it is. It's a uh, it's all the staple movements that everybody should be doing that everyone's probably heard of at one point in their right, life. Right, you know right. And even Maps aesthetic, you know, is is you know bodybuilder focused, but it's also got a lot of movements you've seen. Mass performance is very different, and so I loved it because. You know, we had people enroll in the program who've worked out traditionally in, in gyms for years. And then the messages I would get, you know, back, I still get these, but especially back then when we first came out with it, you know, I've never seen some of these movements. I've never seen these mobility movements. I've never done anything like this before. I just, you know, want to build muscle and get fit. Is this going to give me what I want or whatever? And I'm like, mm-hmm. try it. Yeah. Yeah. Try it out and watch what happens. What do we know about the body? You do something very different. Of course, it has to be done right. But you do something very different. Nothing gets your body to change faster, ever, oh, yeah. right. at all. And so the, the 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 messages I was getting was like, "Holy shit! I'm four weeks into it. Uh, I'm building more muscle. Like this is. I thought this was a, you know, functional athletic program. Like, well, it's also very different from what you're doing. Right. So you're gonna see what's going. You know, what's happening. Oh my god, I'm getting leaner. Wow. I'm you know. And then at the end of the program, a lot of people would go back to a more traditional routine. And then the messages were my favorite. This was because remember, the program is nine, you know, what is it, nine, 12 weeks long. So, you know, three, four, five months later, after we launched it for the first time, then I started getting messages like, you know, uh, my squat went up 20 pounds and my hips don't hurt anymore. And I'm able to overhead press 15 more pounds. I was stuck at that PR for years and now I'm able to lift more. Yeah. What was interesting about it too, because you also got the other side of that, that coin where, you know, it's 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 acquiring new skills. So going into this this program, there's a lot of movements and a lot of things that initially, you know, people felt like, well, I'm not as good at this, right? And I'm not good, I'm not like I can't lift as much weight doing it this way, you know, because it's a little bit different. And so it's it's challenging, yeah. and you know, and that's frustrating sometimes for people to kind of go through that process. Oh, it's a very humbling program. Yeah. So, but but like Sal said, when when you get through it and you start to respond, and you're like, oh, and your body starts to adapt in those directions. Now go into those 
staple lifts that mm. you've done and and watch how fortified your joints are watch how stable everything and, and we know that when your joints are stable your body will just naturally allow you to have more force production uh which in turn you'll feel stronger and, and more free to mm. uh you know lift more weights like I heavier weights i remember watching in particular uh and one of the things i really respect the most about about uh the team that we we have is everybody's so open-minded um, and open and, and ready to try different things and, and experience different things. And I really appreciated watching Adam go, go through, through this the was mobility. the beginning. Yeah, yeah. This was the beginning of Adam's mobility journey. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, and I want you to talk about this, Adam, because I think this I is, wish people could have like a video of like your squat a long yeah. time ago and then your squat now it's, it's I, drastic. You know, uh, squats were not something you did very well. They hurt your back. They hurt your knees. You didn't, weren't able to go down all the way. Uh, you had issues with other movements. You had been bodybuilding for a long time, mm -hmm. so that was the focus. We come out with mass performance. Adam's like, I'm going to do the program. I'm going to do only mass performance. I'm going to do the mobility stuff. The difference in how he moved after mass performance was like night and day. Yeah, It was mm -hmm. incredible. What was that journey like going through? Because I remember you come to work and you'd be like, yeah, dude, I got humbled today after. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it was the joke used to be that I was, I, and I used to say this even to my staff because I've always been the guy who was driven aesthetically. I openly would admit that. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm all show no go. I'm, I don't care about my performance. I just, I want to look good. I want to take my shirt off. And, and you know, a, a lot of people might harass me for that, but then a lot of people respected me for that to be straight up and be like, that's what I care about. You know, bottom line, like I, I was an athlete as a kid. I cared about that when I was younger, but nowadays. I just I just care to look good, you know, and that the most exaggerated version of that would be bodybuilding. You know, it's like now I was already that kid who liked just to wanted to sculpt his body. Then I get into the sport of bodybuilding. Then all of the performance stuff goes out the window. It's 100 percent how I look. I don't give a shit what I can do. Like I'm not tracking weights and PRs. I'm not look. I'm sculpting and looking at my body. And with, with that came the most aesthetic physique I've ever built in my life, and I was extremely happy with that. Now, the drawback of that is, you know, my joint health, my ability to rotate, my ability to squat um, really, really well and deep with good form. I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of issues that I didn't really realize until I started to look into green and start following that, and I was like, wow, man, I am. I'm really fucked up. Like I can't, I can't get all the way down in a squat. Like I felt it in my knees. Like you're saying, I felt it in my low back. And then I was just on this mission to, to fix that. And I really, truly, not only did I follow the program to a T, but I probably went an extra mile of like, you know, I started to do mobility stuff throughout the day because I started to see that, oh wow. When I started doing these things consistently, I was seeing the way someone sees gains, like muscle gains, like when you start being really consistent with lifting and you start seeing the muscle go on, like the same thing I started seeing with the mobility, like the more consistent I was with it, the better I felt, like the more relief that I had, the better I felt in my squats. And I was like, okay. And with that, it's, it is such a frequency thing. And it's really hard with mobility work to overtrain or overstimulate the CNS. You're not hammering weights really heavy. It's pretty easier on the ground. You're doing 90 90s. You're working on combat stretches. You're doing these movements that aren't going to tax you so I could increase the frequency. And so I would start doing our mobility stuff from MAPS performance. And then I was like, I would pick one or two movements 
that were that were I was noticing the most change. And for me, I, I I picked like squatting first. Like I couldn't. I was like, I gotta be able to squat better. Like that's the most functional move that we could possibly do. And I I wanted to address that. And the first place that I went, um, and that was when we got into the ninety ninety, which that was such a game changer for me was to to start doing that. And we have froggers in there. That was a big game. I mean, I, I started doing these little mobility moves and I was just like, holy shit, I've, I have no connection here. Like I can't, I can't do some of this stuff. I remember the first time Brink put me in the 99 and he asked me to lift my back leg up and I just looked at him like, it don't move, bro. Like there's, I can't, I can't internally rotate my hip like that. And then he grabs my foot and he moves it. And I'm like, oh shit, I should be able to do that. Like that's fucking crazy to me. And so then I became, I, I, I shifted my, my focus of, and drive towards sculpting my body to I'm going to become like super mobile. Like I'm going to go, go from being, and I love that. I love being an underdog. I love a challenge. If it's easy, it's no fun for me. And so I knew this was going to be hard and it took a long time, man. It was a, it's been a long journey and I'll look, I, I probably have some old videos of me. I know I've got some, I know I don't have any from the, probably the very beginning because I know how shitty my squat was. Uh, but I definitely have some videos where, where I thought I was getting better at squatting of that aren't good nowhere near what I can squat I mean I could sit now in a a very very deep comfortable squat with you know 300 pounds on my mm-hmm. back yeah. and, and come out of with it no with, butt wink yeah no wink yeah, you know, complete complete control uh but it's been it's been a constant progress for me and it's something that I now it's it is it, it's coming to this too like and this was a hard transition for me so I mean think about it this way too how much easier is it now for you to build aesthetic muscular legs now that you have that mobility yeah of course and that's the irony because i think a lot of people think that's a trade-off like mm-hmm. oh well you you're either this or you're that yeah no 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 no. there is a they contribute to each other which is why like a program like this you do something like this go back and then go through another routine watch how your body builds muscle and how your body moves the results you get are just superior because you can you can move and perform better, and uh, and that's it that's takes it. it takes a it takes a mind shift though. Like you, you know, if you're somebody who's like me and you can relate to like caring about how you look and driven that way, to ask yourself to like completely let that go and become this you know performance or mobility person. That's uh, I, I felt like I was the right person to do that, especially out of all of us, and because I think that everybody tends to get in a box, you know, they, whether you say you are or you're not and you, and you don't want to be, it's really easy to gravitate towards the things that you perform well at or that you like to train and you like to do. And it's, it's rare that I meet somebody who weaves in and out of all different modalities. And I really pride myself on being able to be that guy. Like, even though I openly admit that I was always aesthetically driven, I, I also pride myself on, on being someone who puts himself through challenges like this and it was the best thing I ever did. And now it's to a point where, and this was, ne- I was never like this. I was the guy I trained seven days a week lifting weights because I love lifting weights. And all I would do is modify my intensity based off of my soreness and what I could hit. But I was always lifting to lift. Like where now, you know, I'm always watching my mobility more than I even watch what I look like in the mirror. So if I notice that I just got up from a chair and I'm like, Ugh, or I go to sit down and I feel really tight and mm-hmm. stiff. That to me, like the next day, it might have been, it might be shoulder and chest day and I'm going in to go lift, but I go, you know what? Like today I'm just going to, I'm going to throw some easy listening music on and for an hour, I'm going to go to work on mobility stuff Mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll spend that time in that world that I would have never done that in the past. And I see now how much it served me. Like I just, I don't have low back pain anymore. I I had chronic low back pain. You lived with it. Yeah. I I, I lived with it forever. 
And I know why, and I, and I know the issues. I just wasn't addressing them. You know, I was able to get by and be fine. And when I was training and my core was being, it was strong. It it alleviated that enough to where I didn't really need to address the dysfunction that I had going on. But I've always had this, you know, excessive arch in my low back, and it runs in my family. You see it in my uncle. I saw it in my grandmother. I see it in my sister. Like we all kind of have this. The Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's like I got it. I got it naturally, and I've always, I've always had that, and you know, it's caused low back pain. And if I, if I don't, especially if I'm overweight at all, especially if I'm not training and my core is not tight, and so for the first time ever, I really started to address it and try and counter. And it's man, I couldn't be happier for what it's done for me. I'm, I'm older now. I'm 37 years old. And my body feels better from like as far as my joints, my knees, my low back, things like that, than it ever has in my entire life. And that feels really good. I might not be the strongest person I've ever been or the fastest person I've ever been, but I definitely feel the best I've ever felt as far as my my, my mobility and my range of motion. And then a big one for me was, and this is too why I stress this to a lot of my, especially my tall guys and girls, and or if you have lower lower uh, lower or longer limbs, is the combat stretch. The combat stretch has been a a must, and it's probably one of the stupidest, little tedious things to do that I think very few people have the discipline. That's why it's underrated. It is. Because people, oh, that's silly. Yeah, it, you think no, it, it works. Dude, yeah. the, the, uh, to give yourself the ability to, so if everybody were to get on the ground right now and just do a combat stretch just to see, like, let's see where, where my knee travel is. Like how far can my knee travel over my toes before my heel lifts off, lifts off the ground or I, it locks it, it locks up. Right. So pay attention to that. And then if you could give yourself one more inch of, of range of motion there, what a difference that made in my squat mechanics. I remember, I remember, Sal, when you introduced me to squat shoes. I'd never used squat shoes, and you're like, you know, and when we were trying to get to the bottom, this was way back when, when Mind Pump first started, we were just hanging out together, and you're like, dude, you got to try these squat shoes. Like, it'll, it'll help your squat. And you were right. I got it in. I was like, whoa. Like, I already felt more depth. I felt... Yeah, but I, what does that tell you? Right. Yeah. You know, what that told me was that I didn't have that ankle mobility, and the more I started to address that, Man, it started to make a huge difference in my ability to get down in that squat really deep and comfortably sit there. And it is. It's a, it's an annoying little fucking stretch that you when you're doing it, you don't even think it's making a big difference until you do it enough and then you go back to the squatting and then you do it more and then you go back to the squatting and then you do it more and you go back to, and then all of a sudden you start to go Oh fuck, dude! I can there it is. Yeah, there it is. Like and and now it's like mm. that's a must. Like there's certain moves that I know that I do on a regular basis that mm-hmm. like those are like those are non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. I do I have to do those because they improve my squat and deadlift so much that it's become mm-hmm. a staple. And if it wasn't for that program and putting myself all the way through that, knowing damn well it's completely opposite of what I love to do. You know, I fucking hated all those movements in there. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm doing, I'm going like fuck. This is you like them now? Yeah, yeah. No, I like what and exactly and and it taught me something. And this is why too. Not a lot of people know this. Well, if you're an OG, you know this. But if you're a listener who's dropped in in the last six months or a year, you may not know this. But the programs were designed to go in order. Mm-hmm. That part of the magic is like, like we. I mean, everybody in this room agrees that even though 
you know, some an individual may benefit by going to green first or going to black first or whatever like that. But they really were designed to consecutively go through them, like in a perfect world. That's how we wrote them. Yeah, you you train maps red, and you and you go through anabolic, and you build that real good foundational strength. Although it addresses other adaptations in there, it's a really the found It's really a strength based program. And then from there, nothing would be better than to challenge all that strength in all these unique movements and in a performance type. I program. would have to say that for our average listener, if the average listener who works out. Mass performance would be the program they should be doing. You know what I'm saying? Like the average one who worked out and has worked out for a long time, that's the program. If I were to look at their everything and say, okay, well, you're going to benefit most from doing this because, well, it's because it's so different. Because mm-hmm. the average gym goer gravitates to one or the other. Like you're either yeah. like a Jordan Shallow type of fan where you just fucking lift the most yeah, weight. Power in the, lift. Strength. Yeah, and you love strength. And so MAPS Anabolic is you know probably something you gravitate towards. Or you're somebody who I want to sculpt and look a certain way. So you gravitate towards MAPS Aesthetic. But in reality, like performance is probably going to be the most overall beneficial for a majority of the listeners out there. And then, in my opinion, in the perfect world, you go red, green, and black. Mm-hmm. And you and we rotate. And there's we have our other programs that we have out and stuff that I think are phenomenal to incorporate and use. And I think all of them benefit you to go through. But at the bare minimum, everybody should go mm-hmm. through red, green, and black at least one fucking time. Like that to me, I think a, an awesome goal to give yourself for just one year of your life. It's like, I'm going to follow fucking awesome programming for what my body should do. And it's a whole, it takes you almost a year, right? So you mm-hmm. literally go red, then green, then black. And then after that, do whatever the fuck you want. Bounce around the programs, manipulate yeah, them however you do want. Do it again. You right, know, like, whatever, 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 want, whatever. Yeah. But do yourself a favor and take the time to go through them consecutively like they went the way they were designed and and then take away the knowledge that you get about your body from that that's the key right and there and then apply it to all of our other programming or manipulating the programs how they are that's the key right there and uh, this month it's half off so and this is the first time we've never done that right i don't think we've ever done a huge maps performance no. sale. If I can't, if this I remember, the only time we've had a sale for maps performance. Yeah, and it, it's got the most programming of our foundational programs. In other words, it's it's the one that we really had to sit down and really figure out because it's complex, but it's super effective. It's really good, and it's half off this month. But you have to use the code Green Fifty. Uh, that's G R E E N and the number fifty. Um, and you just go to mindpumpmedia.com. You click on maps performance. Enter the code. Boom. It's uh, under $80, I think, or it's around 70 bucks, 50% off. So go check it out. Also, uh, you can find us on Instagram. I'm Mind Pump Sal. We have Adam is at Mind Pump Adam, and Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. 
If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.